Pass Radio, America's weekly motorcycle talk show. I got me a date with some of the motocrosses up around the way. Your source for weekly updates on what's happening in the world of motorcycle racing. You know how fast you're going? Industry news, trends, the people involved. I'm Ricky Carmichael. It's Kevin Schwartz. This is Josh Timoth. This is Kelly Smith. This is Travis Latron. This is Jeremy McGrath. And now, Pit Pass Radio. Hello again, everybody. It is Pit Pass Motor Racing Weekly. How are you? Of course, this is Pit Pass, part of the Evergreen Podcast Productions family. Check us out online at evergreenpodcast.com for a complete list and a diverse collection, if you will, as we uh, work to bring you the best and most creative programs, a wide range of lifestyle programming. Our network features entertaining shows with highly creative and production values added at the very end. Yeah, that's why we have Jack and Leanne. Jack and Leanne are our on-air producers and we appreciate that but they are part of the excellence and execution that we look for each and every week so thanks guys thank you yeah and i noticed you never give leanne a microphone why is that because there's not one in front of her oh right okay and then there's the whole sharing that comes with being married jack maybe next time you could give her your uh no, no. she's still contagious i said oh. <laughs> she was ill last week right oh yeah she was very ill last okay. week all right well, welcome back to the show, everybody. It is uh, the next week, as it were, and I'm going to talk to you a little bit about what took place in Minneapolis. Before we do that, we welcome back Tony Wink from his uh, rather lengthy sojourn to what? To Baja. Yeah, we went down, we rode, actually we spent a day riding in Yuma because it looked like it was going to be rainy in California, and then we went to San Diego and uh, suffered through that event. We did didn't get take, any- Did you no, take the 310? To Yuma? Yeah, yeah. Okay, just one. Now, we didn't have any lime burns while we were sitting there watching the race, but it um, <laughs> it did suck watching. It just rained. The, I felt bad for everybody racing. And then the next day, we got up, we went down to Baja, and we spent a week down there riding. And uh, You have decided to do what? I have decided to... I'm going to Ironman the... Uh, remember, we raced the, the Baja 500 right. uh, a couple years and won that in the 30 pro class i'm going to race the ironman class which is me racing in the thousand in 2020 it's me racing um a thousand miles by myself in the 500 we did a team race this is going to be by myself from uh you know from start to finish and um you have to ride the same motorcycle obviously and it'll be just me and 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 the guys that usually from what i can tell the guys that race this are I think athletes first, sure. and then motorcycle racers, and I'm obviously the opposite. No, no, so, no. What you're doing right now is you're tuning up, and by that time, you will be good to go. Well, we'll see. I ain't no spring chicken. I'm more of an old turkey, so it'll be interesting. But th- <laughs> the guys that do this aren't aren't skinny young guys. They're they're guys that have been you know riding the bike for a long time, and you know I I, I think what I want to do is is uh, get on a team this fall. I can't do the 500. It doesn't work with my schedule. You know, it's running my racetrack sure. and and some other stuff that I got going so business wise. But in the fall, I can I can go down and I'd like to get myself on a on a competitive team in the thousand and do a seri- a, a, a section that I haven't done before, and then uh, you know just get more experience racing the Baja. I've only done it you know a handful of times and um, and I love it down there. Obviously, so. That's my plan is to go down there this year and try to get on a team. And, and even if I don't get on a team, I'm going to go down and pre-run and just be around the race. It's a lot of fun. And then next year, I've got I've got a lot of puzzle, a lot of the puzzle pieces in place already. And uh, 
you know, even down to like a medic that's going to go with me and, and cause it's, you know, they, they take IVs and that kind of thing during the race. And so uh, there's a lot that goes into a lot of detail. And we'll and, be talking about, of course, in the weeks in advance. And I understand uh, Blake Shelton is racing this year. Any truth to that? The country star Blake Shelton? Uh, zero truth to that that I know about, but, uh, well, I where did, did I hear it? You probably, you just make a lot of stuff up, okay. I think. All right. Yep. All yep. Right. So fair enough. Which we, you know, people that listen to the show and people that have done the show with you over the years, we're kind of used to that. Right. You just kind of, and it's random. And you I, take I, me back to the home after the show. And you are one of the strangest friends I have, Scott. That's okay. And that's uh, okay. I've enjoyed at least 20% that's, of it. That's high it's praise indeed, my friend. <laughs> All right, folks, I want to thank Chris Bishop and Tommy Boy Halverson for their contributions to the program. PJ with the week off at Cooling Camp in our studios in Advanced, North Carolina. Wink and Casper here in the home base studios of iHeart in Des Moines. And uh, we go to uh, the guest list. We'll start at the bottom. Uh, Craig Schweinebart. You know, one of the things I noticed in my garage, in my shop, as it were, um, it's kind of a dismal place unless it's all lit up. If I turn all the LED lights on, then I want to be in there. Okay, and there's not a lot of hiding in there. In other words, I see everything, all the stuff that needs to be done. We're going to have Craig on to talk about LED lighting and what you can do to your shops uh, across the country that can make a big difference for each and every one of you. Any comps? Because I, I sure. happen to have a, a my race shop is dimly lit. Well, we have some bulbs, no fixtures, but um, <laughs> yeah, we can we can. Yeah. Sounds great. Uh, we'll have Craig on uh, before that. Carlin uh, Gardner will be joining us, a professional motocross racer for three years, qualifying for three 250 West Coast main events. We'll talk to him. Cooper Webb. Coop's going to rejoin the broadcast, 2015-2016 250 Supercross West Regional Champ. Evan Smith will be joining us, uh, 2018 GNCC season. Uh, finished it in fifth place overall. Uh, in the XC2 250 Pro class. So we'll talk to him. Uh, let's see. we got Josh Strang. Stranger's on. I like that guy. And uh, always a fun guest. And then, of course, we'll start the program off with a guy that, uh, well, it says right here on the script, very patient. Talk all you want before you bring him on. All right. <laughs> I hope Martin feels that way. Martin Costello. Martin, how are you? I'm good. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. Uh, tell us, you, you uh, rode for the IB Corp. What What is the IB Corp? Or is it a 1B Corp? Uh, no, it's IB Corp. It is uh, IB Corp. Okay. Yeah, well, it was a motocross team. IB Corp as a brand is a multinational financial company. Uh, they work in the stock market a lot. So basically just an investment company. Okay. Did they did they have a um, the YouTube channel where, where they, like, you guys were, like, trying out for a ride? Is that the, the team I'm thinking of? Yeah, yeah, exactly. That was. How was that whole process for you? Did you have to try out, or, or was or, or was that uh, for other riders? Well, I didn't, actually, because Ivy Corp started out, the whole thing started out because it was my personal sponsor. And then Jorge, the owner, uh, one day he was like, well, I would like to start a team because I broke my arm, I got injured, so every, he was sponsoring me, and we basically were stopped for a couple of months. Um, so he wanted to start a team uh, of, Basically, he moved the whole operation out west, and we rode. Uh, 2017, it was me and uh, Cole Martinez. And then for 2018, they had this idea of doing this show and having people send their video in. And so basically, that's how it happened. They released it on Instagram, and then all the social medias and uh, RacerX, Transworld, they all shared it. So about, it reached a bunch of people. 
Um, they got, I think, around 100 videos of different writers wow. uh, sending videos in, showing they sk- their skills. Out of that, they picked the top 40, I believe, and me, Justin Heft, uh, the mechanics, uh, Ryan Hughes, who was a trainer at, at that time, and uh, and the owners uh, went together in the house. We watched all the videos, and we picked, I think, five five finalists. And then those guys were flown out to Southern California. They all had identical bikes, and it was one full week of different tests. And, yeah, and Michael Lee ended up winning the, the ride at the end. So uh, did you get to see the videos? Like, was there any funny ones? Like people, they obviously don't belong on a, <laughs> on a team. Uh, you have no idea. <laughs> really good ones. But then there was a couple of dudes that are just riding in a wide open grass field. I don't know where this is, but they were just wide open. It wasn't a track, no jumps, no nothing. Just video. Like, a, I remember this one was super long. It was like a... 10 or 15 minute video of a guy just going wide open on the grass field. I love it. <laughs> Blue and, jeans. And, and, and some of these guys, they may not have a, a good idea of exactly what you want. Were you descriptive in what you were looking for? <laughs> Visor down, well, goggle yeah. band down. <laughs> there was some requirements. Uh, one of those had to be that the rider already has a Supercross license. So, yeah, but we got videos from all over. There was a couple videos I remember on, on the CRS 230. Oh no! Uh, riding in like yeah, in like Brazil, I think, and like riding motocross and stuff like that. So yeah, there was for sure some good videos and some other ones that were pretty funny. I just I can imagine if I had the time, I, I it would be so much fun <laughs> yeah, to send be. in a video and just like full goon and you know, and I'm fat, so it'd be like it'd be extra funny, you know, and and what <laughs> what. Well, you know, well, I mean, it just be, be funny. but I could jump stuff, yeah. you know. Yeah, that's awesome. So, so the uh, uh, Michael Lee, you said, got the ride, right? He won. He ended up winning the contest. He okay. won basically almost everything, and then he and the last day uh, they switched everything up. They said, "Okay, everything you've done throughout the week, right? Uh, it's canceled. This is a two motor format. Winner takes it all." And. And yeah, Michael Lee actually won both motors. I believe he was going really fast, and yeah, he ended up winning. He is fast. Yeah. Yeah. So um, uh, this year, you're uh, you've teamed up with Barak Suzuki. Is that right? Yeah, that's right. What's that program like? Uh, so basically, last year I only had a Supercross ride. I ended up riding the first three outdoor national or two outdoor nationals. So. Hangtown and Glen Helen on the Nitecore bike that I borrowed. I borrowed their box van. Uh, I borrowed my mechanic, and we went and we basically drove to Hangtown, raced there, uh, raced Glen Helen, ended up doing pretty well. And then Cycle Creator Yamaha needed a, a rider. I did a filling ride. It only ended up being one round, which was fun. I really wanted to do more. Uh, did pretty good. I think I went 14 14. In Colorado, and I only—I literally only rode their bike on press day the day before the race, and then after that, I was just kind of sitting around all summer. But Ivy Corp was nice enough to let me borrow a bike to uh, stay riding on, and then I got a call up from Jamie at Tested Development to come up to Mammoth and race it. So I did, and then when I was up there, I did pretty well. I ended up beating Byron, who is one of the team owners at Barax. We started talking, and then yeah, this past December, it all together i didn't have a ride for supercross and yeah they decided to help me out throughout the first five rounds is there was our deal so we ended up doing 
yeah, so but it was amazing. Everyone was great in the team. Uh, I appreciate everything they did so much. Uh, Spike was great. Uh, just did a great job with the uh, with the engine. It was super fast, super competitive. I was always up front in the start. Uh, we didn't have much time before the season on the bike. Maybe two weeks before the first race. Wow. Uh, so so we ended up actually riding a different suspension setting in every one of the rounds. Uh, oh, that's fun. I was pretty. Yeah, <laughs> I was pretty happy at the end. Uh, I started, I was obviously getting more comfortable every weekend. Had some up, some down, and then ended up doing pretty well in the mud in San Diego. Ended up with a six. So yeah, pumped about that. So Martin, you, uh, I was out at San Diego. It, it had obviously, you know, unless you like no vision and sloppy mud, it, it wasn't <laughs> any fun. Um, maybe this is old news because I've been I've been in Mexico since that that race. Um, but but there's a lot of talk about the lime situation where they they put the lime in and it didn't. And they've done they, they've used lime. I mean, back in even in the 90s, I remember them using lime and and. Uh, obviously it, it didn't ever have a, the effect that it did on everybody's skin. And, you know, I, I saw uh, on our way home, we watched the race in my van um, this uh, this past weekend. And, and Ken Roxon said he didn't ride at all this week or maybe just one time he was off the bike because of line burns. Did you get, did you experience that too? Or are you, uh, did you get burned? And, and what are your thoughts on the, on the whole lime gate or whatever we we're going to call it? So uh, what I w- what they explained to me that happened was that basically, yeah, like you said, they've been using lime for years. They've never had an issue other than the bikes getting destroyed, but never had an issue with uh, the rider. What happens is that they uncovered the track at whatever time, like 2.30 or whatever time they uncovered the track, and then they put lime. And then it rained super hard, so there was a really big puddle on the starting line. So both, both lanes that went across the starting line, uh, had a big puddle in it, so then that's where the lime didn't mix with the uh, with the dirt, but it was just kind of floating in the water. So that's why everyone got burned. That's why I got explained. Uh, and it was just yeah, like sitting in the water. It wasn't really mixed in with the dirt, so everyone got splashed on that. Uh, I was lucky to get. problem is you know, that it's not the same lime that people are thinking about like with lime disease things like that Martin, right? can you hear the song our producers playing turn it up jackson here it's called put the lime of the coconut by harry nielsen what's wrong with you people yeah. what's wrong with you two Dave, listen we can Knock find i'm doing what i'm told you're doing a great <laughs> job at it by the way um so so legitimately let's take a look at what's next for you we've got about four minutes what's next for you uh as far as teams competition some guys are west some guys are east where where are we at what are we looking for okay so basically after san diego like i said my five uh five race deal ended so this whole week and then last week i've just been talking to as many people and people and teams 
as I've been able to, it's actually a great thing that happened because it's opened a bunch of lines of communication uh, with big teams that I didn't have before, uh, which is pretty cool. Uh, so, yeah, working on the final details, uh, my plan would be to finish off the uh, 250 West Coast Supercross, and then if by then I don't uh, have a full life for outdoors, I would do the first three nationals and then try to find something to finish out uh, the outdoor series, which is my which is my goal. I really want to do good this year, so I can have a, a supergrass and outdoor deal for next year. I would I would think you made every main right, and you finished six in San Diego. Is that right? I think that would warrant not yeah, only a, a ride, ride yeah. yeah, but definitely outdoors too. I mean, if you can go around that track and finish sixth in San Diego, you're an outdoor guy too, for sure. Yeah, I'm actually a little bit more of an outdoor guy, but like I said, this whole summer I just stayed here. I'm from Ecuador, by the way, so I usually go home in the summertime, take a month or two off. Uh, I knew I struggled a lot with Supercross, especially at the beginning of the season, the past two years. So the whole summer, I just stayed here. I borrowed a bike from Ivy Corp, and I started riding Supercross track as soon as, as soon as they opened. I think they opened, like, in August or September. So I've been riding Supercross since then, just working really hard on all the things that I was lacking, doing a bunch of starts. And, yeah, it's been, it's been much better. Definitely not where I want to be. I still think I can, I can do better, but... But yeah, I'm really happy on how the season has gone so far. Where do you live in? Where are you from in Mexico? No, I'm from Ecuador. Uh, I'm from Quito, Ecuador, the capital. Ecuador is uh, basically right on the equator line in South America, a small country. How's your Spanish? Pretty good. They, uh, Spanish <laughs> my first language, so better than my English. That was that was that was my uh, crack That's... at uh, comedy. Well, Martin. now look at you jumping right into yeah. the comedy trench. Uh-huh, yeah. Sucks. Um, no, listen, uh, you're welcome on the show anytime. We want to hear from you when that next big thing hits for you, and uh, we'll do whatever we can to help you, okay? Awesome, definitely. Yeah, thank you so much for having me again. And yeah, anytime you guys want me on, I'm, I'm available for you guys. Okay, that sounds great, man. And uh, any chance we can get you to come up and uh, ride with Tony in the thousand? <laughs> or down? <laughs> if I don't get on out there, right? Yeah. I think it'd be terrific. Can you go 100 miles an hour and then in, in whoops? <laughs> <laughs> Not sure. I haven't tried it yet. Well, it's only scary the first 999 miles. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, Bud, good job out of you on the program. Any sponsors, uh, personal sponsors you want to give a shout-out to? <laughs> no, but any that want to join the program are more than welcome. Okay, that sounds good, man. They look for you on Facebook, Instagram, and what? Uh, that's it. That's it. Okay. Well, good job out of you, bud. We appreciate it. Awesome. Thank you guys so much. There we go. Martin Costello heads to the pitch. Strang's waiting in the wings. That's Josh Strang. Evan Smith will round out the trio that makes up our number one. Our number two, Cooper Webb, Carlin Gardner, and uh, Lightning Craig Schweinebart will be joining us. That's our number two. Stick around. More of the program. Evergreenpodcast.com. This is Pit Pass. Stay tuned. Hey, this is Mike Lafferty, eight-time National Enduro Champion, and you're listening to Pit Pass Radio. 
Hey everybody, it's Scott Casper from Pit Pass Radio. V-Rubber offers a whole range of performance motocross and off-road tires, starting with the VRM229 for hard pack supercross settings and the VRM300. It's designed for intermediate soil conditions. The most popular tire is the VRM140. It's designed for soft to intermediate environments. All knob tires are available in the most popular motocross and off-road sizes as well. The VRM308R Trials is the perfect choice for real technical conditions and it's now available in a new four-stroke model for racing or recreation riding big four strokes. The newest addition is the V-Line Do-All VRM340, a heavy-duty off-road tire that is DOT approved. Most of the tires are available in the new slow rebound tacky compound for extremely technical environments. It's V-Rubber and the tacky tires, the choice of Sherco off-road. Racers say when using a tacky, it's almost like cheating. It's V-Rubber. Hey, Moto fans, we do our best to keep you in touch with what we're doing through our website, iHeartRadio, Facebook, Twitter, and more. Well, now you can listen to Pit Pass Radio on your handheld device anytime with the all-new Pit Pass app for Android or iPhones. Go to your app store now and download the new app, Pit Pass, at no charge. Yes, we have an app for that. It's the all-new Pit Pass app. Get it today. America's Motor Racing Talk Show, Pit Pass Motor Racing Weekly, comes your way each Sunday morning from 8 to 10, right here on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. This is 1460 KXNO. Passionate about riding motorcycles off-road and on? Well, visit Hickam Power Sports in Grimes, Iowa, and see the full line of 2017 Yamaha Dual Sports. From the simple-to-ride electric start TW200 to the nimble, lightweight XT250 to the racing-derived performance of the WR250R, Yamaha has your ride. Visit Hickam Power Sports in Grimes, Iowa today. Yamaha, the first name in dual sports. Hickam Power Sports in Grimes. Dress properly for your ride with a helmet, eye protection, long sleeves, long pants, gloves, and boots. Don't drink and ride. It's illegal and dangerous. Don't wait another minute for that new dream home you've always wanted. I'm Tony Wink for Jack Daly on Construction. For 66 years, the Daly on family has been building custom homes, existing home remodeling, and adding on for customers across central Iowa. The Daly Ons will offer you one-on-one attention that the big builders simply can't. They'll walk you through the process so you'll get the home that you want. Jack works well with your plans or can show you from his library of over 1,200 house plans. He'll make your dreams a reality. Call the Daly Ons at 515-321-5225. Tell them you heard about them on Pit Pass Radio and receive 5% off the price. Jack Daly on Construction, serving Iowa since 1946. This is Vicki Golden. I was just on Pit Pass Radio. Check out Arena Cross for more of my racing. Well, Tony, in your absence, you know, we've been talking a lot about the Kicker Arena Cross series. A lot of good news there, and I think Kicker was in the right place at the right time. It's not like they're starting from scratch. That's a big part of it. So nobody really had to take a breath to make that jump. I have an opinion about that. Would you please give it to me? Sure. I think... You're correct in some instances. I think the, the, the TV is good. I think it's uh, it's the racing. They've, they've kind of uh, made the tracks more simple, which makes the racing better, and it makes a guy like Blake Wharton to come in and use it as a warm-up right. you know, before he went to Minneapolis this weekend. And, and he actually is racing with guys that he normally would beat because the tracks, the tracks are simpler, so it's not as many separators in the track. However, um, <clears throat> the... And I've only seen it. I haven't been to an event yet because we've been busy. But um, I, I look at the, all the pictures on Facebook and the the TV and everything. There's nobody in the stands. Now I'm not saying nobody, but it do, they're not full. They're not full arenas, so hmm. they can't sustain 
I don't know if they I don't know how they can sustain it was what I should say they got to get butts in the seat and and I don't know you know the Feld coming off of kind of maybe there's a little bit of a hangover from from is. Feld's arena cross you know it 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 failed miserably obviously they've dropped the they they dropped that and and now they're doing supercross futures which i think is you know everybody's going to watch the race anyway so they're there i think that makes sense there's a lot of markets though that arena cross isn't in thanks to feld so yes i agree with you kicker could come in but i don't know well time will tell if they is can... it sustainable that's the big question we know. will stay tuned for the response to that josh strang joins us strang how are you yeah, not too bad. How you got? Good. We're just man, talking, kicking around the idea of, of what's going on with Arena Cross right now. Do you have an opinion on that? I know that's not something you race, but at the same time, motorcycles, uh, you know, seems like you guys have an interest elsewhere in cycling and motorcycling. Yeah, well, I mean, to be honest, I'm I'm, I'm happy that the Arena Cross uh, uh, was kind of done because I, mean, I, <laughs> got I got you a, ride, I got didn't it? Ride out of, yeah, I got a new ride out of the deal. So, uh, yep. Oh, I mean, I, I don't know. It's, uh, yeah, I heard you guys just talking about it. And that's, uh, I mean, hopefully it can keep running and that sort of stuff. But, uh, I mean, honestly, I, I don't really really follow it all that much. It's, I think it's, a, from what I understand, there's a lot of races, or there used to be a lot of races, so it's a busy schedule and hard to keep up with. So, uh, honestly, I'm not real sure. You know, I was watching um, Instagram or Facebook or something, and it was a video of you. This past weekend, was it the opening round of the full gas sprint enduros? Yeah, yeah, the first round was this past weekend. How's it going with the new bike? <clears throat> Man, new bike's sick. Really? It's really, yeah, it's really good. So, uh, I mean, sure they, sure they pay me to say that, but I, I <laughs> it's, I mean, it's, I'm really happy with it, and I was, uh, it took me, took me a couple of days to get used to it after getting off the European bike, but, uh, but. I mean, I enjoy it. It's it's a blast, and it's good to ride for me. I think just the way I ride and uh, and how it handles and everything, it suits me down to the ground. So I'm pumped. Josh, I I uh, <clears throat> haven't been on a Kawasaki in a while, but the, what I remember of them is there's a lot. The, the cockpit feels big, and it feels like they turn. They don't they don't turn as as tight as uh maybe a honda or something else i do have a, a new husky that i that i've been riding which I, I really like but it's uh it's not that weird to me i'm not at the level you are obviously but coming off the honda it's not that weird to me i got on a yamaha which i own the other day and i was like geez this thing feels completely foreign um the kawasaki is it still kind of a big bike i mean obviously it's the same size but does it feel bigger in the cockpit you know do you feel like you have a lot of room between you know the the pegs and the seat and that kind of thing. No, I, I would say I would say you probably need to ride one and, and reevaluate. I think it. I've never I haven't ridden a Honda, but I would say it's closer to a Honda now than it ever has been. Really, that's um, and that's the I bike know, I prefer. I, yeah, and I rode I rode Kawasaki. Well, I rode Kawasaki from '96 all the way through to 2006, and then I rode one again in 2013. <laughs> and I remember in 13 it. It felt a, it was a little bit bigger motorcycle, especially through the woods and that sort of stuff. Um, but after switching from the Eurobike to the Kawasaki um, this year, I mean, I honestly I can't tell any difference. So, and it the thing is skinny, like it's skinnier than last year's bike. And uh, the only thing that I have to change is put a big tank, so it, it it makes it a little bit bigger, not wider. Just sits up. The seat has to sit a little higher when we put the big tank on and. You know that sort of stuff, but with a full gas, 
we get to run the small tank, and man, that thing is so little. It's so little and nice. It's uh, it's, it's it is really good to ride. How'd you finish at the full gas? I knew you won one of the tests, but did you did you get second overall? Is that what it was? Yeah, so the full gas. So it's a two day event, and they but they pay points for both days, which is kind of cool. So it's, it's almost like it's two rounds. Well, let's just call it a two moto format. So Saturday is one moto, Sunday is second moto. And uh, so Saturday I started off a little slow, and I ended up um, fourth for the day. So I was however however many seconds back, and then uh, Sunday I ended up winning the day on time, and that moved me up to second overall for the weekend. So I mean, I mean overall for a first first race on the new um, the Babbitt Kawasaki team, I mean it, I could I mean it was perfect. So. Uh, there's a couple things we can work on, but as far as the bike goes, the whole team came down and everything, and it was uh, everyone got along good. It was for us, it was perfect. Fred Andrews is is helping with that program, right? Yeah, so Denny Bart's and then Fred Andrews is helping as well. And then, uh, Joey Mao, he's my mechanic, so he's been uh, wrenching for years, man. I'm, I'm, I couldn't tell you when he started, but he's he's got stories all the way back from Wyndham and all those boys back in the motocross, supercross days. So. Uh, uh, we got a good team going, and uh, I have a teammate, Jordan Ashburn, as well. So, uh, I mean, it's it's good. I'm I'm really happy, and it's uh, it's like um, uh, I don't know what you, I don't know what you say. Let's just say the grass is greener on the other side. <laughs> Do you know why they say that? And there, there, it is true because as you're on one side of the fence looking. You're seeing the broad side of the grass. If you're standing right above that same piece of grass looking down, you see more dirt. <laughs> I saw this on, like, the Discovery Channel. I went, what? You and you so, know what? It's true. You learn so much on the show, Josh, every yeah, time you come on. We could probably uh, yeah, stop probably, the show right here. Makes, makes sense why uh, when I stand on my back porch, my backyard looks green. But actually, when I walk out in the middle of it, all I do see is dirt and weeds. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what kind of weed? Yeah. Well, it's probably what kind uh, of weeds. I don't even know. Okay, all right. As long, I don't mind as long as it's green and I can mow it in the summertime. I'm happy. Ten I, four. I love this. You know, there is a difference between mown grass, the smell, and weeds, the smell. And the better the neighborhoods, the less weeds I was smelling, and it was more grass. I got more. I kind of miss it. I got both at my racetrack. Do you? Oh yeah, I can definitely tell when uh, we're mowing which side of the track we're on because one side's stuff <laughs> I planted and the other side's. Stuff garbage garbage yep. yeah all right yeah. yeah we uh we we don't i don't park down there i park <laughs> in the gra- I'm yeah that deep carpet country over there on the north Ooh, side boy. josh uh your your season starts what next weekend for gncc yeah so, yeah, so the gncc start yeah we have uh one more weekend off and then we start down at big box so uh it's coming up pretty quick and i think i think from what is the end of february so march april may i think we only have one weekend off a month with like GCCM full gas, uh, and then I think May. I mean, up until the end of June, we don't have much time off, so it's going to be a busy schedule and uh, be flat out. That's for sure. What are your thoughts on going in the season? You're, you're. They changed it a couple of years ago, so you're not doing Florida straight away. Um, but uh, Big Buck is still pretty tough round, I would think. Um, you good? You ready to go? Yeah, I think I'm ready, man. It's uh, like going off for the the weekend. I mean, Caleb's doing that whole series now, so he's. I mean, he's up. He's the best off road guy, and I mean, I wish I could say I would. I was, but I'm just being honest. He's probably the best off road guy in the country. 
That's what we get from uh, him every week. Yeah. Well, he sends yeah, email. So he well. says, sign the best offer. <laughs> I'm a bad dude, he says. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, so to have him racing it, um, the full gas is good. So uh, based off of speed-wise, um, I feel my speed is there. And then so I guess we have, we'll find out a big buck how the fitness is and the training's been going. But I feel like it's, I'm fairly prepared. And I mean, you just have to, you can never tell it till we go racing. So uh, I'm excited to get, get things rolling and um, it should be good. Josh, do you uh, do you think there's PEDs involved in in uh, at your level in uh, off road racing? Do you think there's there's guys out there that are juicing or whatever you want to call it? Talking performance enhancing drugs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what pads are. Um, I I don't know. I don't. I really don't think there's enough money to be made. I don't think there's enough benefit. Like if if someone was going to be guaranteed if they took PEDs that they were going to win X amount of money, then there might be more, more. Uh, someone might be uh, more likely to take it, but there just isn't isn't enough money to be made at our series or in the off-road industry to where if you got busted, yeah. you would ever, like, recover from it. And it's, I just don't think, I what mean, a- that some people say that, some people say that people do, and I just, I really don't think it, I think it's more, the off-road stuff is more hard work and uh, um, like just busting your busting your ball to, ju- ju- to get, do the do the job. But w- are there established fines? No, and that no for that's the like, problem. I really, I really don't think there's even a. I mean, it's, I don't even think it's in the rule book. It's not allowed, you know. What? I, I really that's don't a even, problem. I don't know the rules, but yeah, but. It, Again, I don't think it's. I got I got mixed emotions about that because you look at guys that have been that have been ran out of our sport in Supercross for for failing drug tests that the FIM has put in place, and then they never get a they never get a hearing, they never get nothing, and they just they're factory riders that just you know you look at their Instagram or you go to Glen Helen on Thursday and you see they're out there spinning laps still like what you know, and it's like. uh, I don't know. That's a, that's a whole other deal. I don't want to. I don't want to burn up your, all our time with you um, talking about that. But I, I was just curious what you thought about it, Josh. We um, yeah, I, yeah. No, I, I really don't think so. I mean, I, I'd be I'd be disappointed and upset if anyone was, and if anyone like it, obviously as you would be. But I really don't think so. I think that majority, like the people that are doing well, I think they're working hard and, and hopefully doing it honestly, which I'm right. sure everyone is. Yeah. Um, the, so you're on pro row, obviously, um, you're racing out of a, a brand new or at least brand new to Babbitt's rig. Um, I've been seeing pictures of the setup cause uh, Fred or Denny or whoever it is, is putting them out there. Looks really good, man. You gotta be, you gotta be pretty stoked. I would think I mean, it's not like you don't deserve to be there cause you're, you're, a one of the pillars and off road in the United States and you are the guy that's, you know, year in and year out, you've, you've had a title or titles you've. You know what I mean? You're, you're, uh, you're. You, everybody knows you have the work ethic. You have the speed. It sounds like which you've, you know, you always have. Um, you got to be really excited about this season. I, I would believe I am for you. Yeah, um, yeah, I'm like I'm really excited, and I think we talked um, not long after I'd done the deal with Kawasaki. Um, it wasn't, it wasn't about money increases or anything. It was more about like for me a, a change and and a new group of people who are excited to have me come and race and I mean it and I think that's what's helped me already this preseason I mean there's people that are wanting me to do good and 
and they're they're excited for me to come and race for their team, and I think that's helped me already. And I mean, being happy at the races is, is half the battle, like in getting results and that sort of stuff. So, uh, I mean, I think I start. I did it my first NCC season was 2007. So I, I, I think I'm the oldest guy in the pro class, and I but I still feel I can win races and definitely do podiums. So I mean, until the younger kids come up and and start beating me and taking taking away the results. I mean, I want to keep racing, and, and uh, I mean, I feel like I feel like I deserve it, and um, I'm still having fun doing it. And I think the companies that support me um, enjoy having me around. I'm I'm low low drama, um, yeah. and they can see I put in the work. I think that's, that's it. You know what? That that's really it. Low drama, good results. Consistent. Don't rely on performance enhancing uh, narcotics. Uh, no matter if you, <laughs> no matter if you get them stateside or in Canada, or Mexi- old Mexico, maybe. Well, that's a different kind. Uh, <laughs> whether, I, I'm just amazed sometimes to see what a guy will do to hang on to a career. You know, uh, or stem cells, for example. I've got a guy, a fighter, that has had has both of his wrists broken and they would never completely heal. Goes to Mexico, gets two shots in each wrist, 100% healed. Have you heard about that? No, I haven't. Yeah, there My are... sister had stem cells put in her knees, and she's she did a spin class with me tonight. Is that right? Yep. I didn't know that. See, that's an perfect... By the way, Josh, I got second in my spin class. She got 20th. <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> That'll teach her. Uh, no, I'm just saying, that's that's legal in many countries around the world, just not here yet. So I'm I'm just wondering, you know, you can have your own stem cells banked. Yeah, I've I've listened to a couple of podcasts about that, and I'm not, I'm inter- that stuff's interesting because I never knew any of that stuff existed when it, it's magic talking about it. Yeah, it's crazy. And the if people you, who are on the podcast is actually sound, they actually sound crazy, but the stuff seems to work. Well, there are there are people who suffer from low bone density or you know low bone mass. And if they have it, and say in ten years, fifteen years, whatever, they, you know, it's like regenerate. It's like a, a fountain of youth almost. You know what? I've I've been uh, diagnosed with low low brain mass. I know, and it's, it's evident for most of us. Hasn't I know? I didn't even know about this it's until okay. it's okay. Josh. Yeah, but you know what, Josh? I just keep on chucking. He really does. Yeah, that's what we uh, we went. My wife and I took our little fellow to a, a preschool. To check him, we're gonna. I think we're gonna put him in preschool at the end of this year or the start of the year or something like. I don't know, Mum's Day out or something like that. And I told, I told my wife, I was like, I started uh, kindergarten a year early, and I told her it's because I had so, so many brains. I said I'm not sure where they all went. But <laughs> they disappeared somewhere. How old's your kid? Uh, well, he'll be in August when school starts. He'll be like uh, a year and two months or something. So I think this program we put him in. It. I think it's. Like, it's almost like a daycare, but you take him and they do activities and stuff. Sure. I'm not real sure. Finger painting. Teach him to be a nerd, like that. obviously. Yeah, I mean, who wants to go to school at one and a half? What are you doing? They My don't kid's know four what they want to do. You know, if your kid doesn't take his career seriously, <laughs> at one, his, his student career seriously, and if he's full of wow. foolheartedly and, and, and hopes and dreams of anything other than buckling down but daddy i want to play with other children they don't even talk at one and a half (laughs) not very well well that's the problem around your house you need to start getting them to speak early all right josh you're 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 in my you're one of my favorite true story 
fellas that races dirt bikes, and I wish you the best this year. Look forward to uh, watching you put that cowie up on the top. Yeah, that'll be uh, – man, I'll be pumped. It's, I think it's been uh, 2016 since I won a GTC, so uh, it's been a long time. And it'd be, be awesome to get a, get a couple. and I mean, get more than a couple this year. Be so, it'd be really good. Dude, who do you want to thank, sponsors-wise? Let's go. Uh, well, Babbitt, uh, Kawasaki for that new bike, man. Uh, I can't. I mean, I'm not. I'm not talking out my talking out my ass. I mean, it, the thing's unreal. So, uh, for sure, that, that that company as well. And then uh, Monster Energy, and then CD. Those boys um, are with me again this year. I think. It's, I think we're going on ten years with that company. So it's. Uh, That's crazy. Those guys are like family. Yeah, they. I get what I want and. And I mean, it's an awesome product too. So, uh, I mean, everyone that um, helps out, and you guys have me on, man. But uh, I always love talking to you. Well, we're going to bring that up uh, since you're getting everything you want. Perhaps you can ask for a little more and send it our way. <laughs> socks. Uh, Ooh, help. I could go for some monster socks. What? Match my van that I haven't peeled the stickers off yet. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I told you. Turbo went out, Josh. You'd be lucky you didn't get that thing. Oh, yeah, yeah. On the way home from Baja this week, I was. Just, just cruising along at 20 mile an hour up the mountains. Took the northern route. Wish I hadn't. Yeah, yeah. I had a, what, I had a fairly new Ford, what was it, Expedition? It was an Expedition, and it shot right at the border of Missouri and Iowa. And who did I call? I called Tony. He got right in his truck, came down and got me, and uh, we left the truck there. That's how we roll. That's it. Leave that piece of junk well, they fixed forward it alongside we went the back road. Down again. Yeah, whatever. Anyway, Josh, hey, it's always good to talk to you, bud. Thanks so much for taking the time yeah. to join us. No worries. Thanks for having me. This portion of our show brought to you by Hicklin Power Sports. Look for them online in Grimes, Iowa, or as I said, online at hicklinpowersports.com. More on the other side. Wait in the wings. We've got another cat, Evan Smith, waiting to talk to each and every one of you. This is Pit Pass. Stay tuned. Hey, this is Josh Hayes, AMA Superbike Champion. You're listening to Pit Pass Radio. With no speed limits, no tickets, and no left-turning minivans, Track Addicts Track Days allows you to experience the performance of your sport bike in a safe and fun environment. Track Addicts Track Days offers a variety of programs, ranging from their new rider school to their advanced group sessions for experienced track riders. Get all the details at trackaddicts.com. That's trackaddix.com. Or call Ducati Omaha at 402-408-4400. Learn to ride your sport bike the way it was meant to be ridden with Track Addicts Track Days. With the tremendous amount of horsepower and torque created by modern dirt bikes, today's racewear must withstand tremendous forces. It must breathe well, be lightweight and protective, yet still durable. Fly Racing created its Evolution 2.0 racewear to fulfill these requirements. Evolution 2.0 features the industry's first BOA Closure System race pant designed to provide custom comfort, smooth, even closure, no pressure points, and simple one-handed adjustment. Add to that the Evolution 2.0 Pro advanced ventilation jersey and premium race glove and you have generation next racewear built to withstand the extreme conditions created by the modern dirt bike 
For more information, visit flyracing.com. It's much more than a piston company. Wiseco now offers a full line of quality performance products, including forged pistons, precision forged clutch baskets and hubs, crankshafts, camshafts, forged connecting rods and valves. At Wiseco, we offer accessories for just about any motorcycle, ATV, snowmobile, personal watercraft, outboard marine engine, or automobile on the market today. After 70 years in the business, Wiseco has established a great reputation as a brand that can be trusted to deliver high-quality performance products for power sports enthusiasts and professionals. Wiseco. America's Motor Racing Talk Show, Pit Pass Motor Racing Weekly, comes your way each Sunday morning from 8 to 10 right here on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. 1460 KXNO. The Yamaha YZF-R3 sport bike at Hicklin Power Sports and Grimes is the most exciting and affordable way ever to join the exclusive world of Yamaha R-Series Superbike Performance. It features a potent fuel-injected 321cc liquid-cooled parallel twin-engine for great acceleration, a slim, lightweight chassis for sporty, agile handling, a low seat height to get both your feet firmly on the ground for added confidence, plus legendary Yamaha Superbike styling guaranteed to turn heads, all at a super value. No wonder Cycle World calls it a bargain, and Revzilla hails it the new king of the hill when it comes to entry-level lightweight sport bikes. Visit Hickland Power Sports and Grimes today to see the incredible Yamaha R3. And for more information, visit YamahaMotorsports.com. Dress properly for your ride with a helmet, eye protection, long sleeve shirt, long pants, gloves, and boots. Do not drink and ride. It's illegal and dangerous. The point is good. Drink Swell Vodka, proudly and carefully distilled and filtered in Iowa. Like Swell Vodka on Facebook. Find Swell at fine stores that sell spirits. Hey, this is Ryan Dungey, and you're listening to Pit Pass Radio. Welcome back to the show. This Pit Pass Motor Racing Weekly. Glad you're with us. This is portion of our show brought to you by Fly Racing. Look for Fly Racing at a dealer near you. And if they don't have it, ask them for them to carry it. You know, it's easy enough to do. Um, by the way, right now you can upload your photos to the Fly Wall. Fly Racing loves to share photos of its fans, which is why they created the Fly Wall. The Fly Wall, well, it's a fun way for Fly Racing fans to share pics. Uh, on the Flywall, and it's also on the racing website. Simply head over to flyracing.com, look for the Flywall, and it's a menu you can pull down in the upper right-hand corner of the homepage. Choose Post to Pick and upload a favorite photo of yourself or somebody in your gang or whatever. It doesn't really matter. They will take it from there. Flyracing.com. Get yourself on the Flywall today. All right, welcome back to the show. It's Tony Wink, Scott Casper with you this week for another exciting edition of the very program you are listening to each and every week for over 15 years now pit pass moto racing weekly uh some heavy weather out here i don't know uh we're looking at like 40 mile an hour not straight line but definitely 40 mile an hour gusts maybe even stronger in some areas blowing snow and cold sucks yeah really well you just got back from mexico but down in georgia i understand they had some weather but most of it was rain our next guest will tell us it goes the insight on the weather report down in georgia let's go to evan smith evan how are you I'm good, thanks. How are you? Good, man. What's the weather doing in Georgia today? Well, actually, we're all down here complaining about how cold and wet it is, um, and it's really about, uh, I think it was 57 degrees today, 
Mm-hmm. That is that really sad. I feel bad for you. <laughs> so you got wet and it's you cold. Put when on you're trying f- to ride though. <laughs> did, did, when yeah. when it when it rains, obviously you guys aren't acclimated to uh, the rain and cool weather. Uh, but uh, you know you guys probably don't have a lot of coats. But I got to imagine you have a lot of jackets. Yeah. Oh yeah, I probably own uh, maybe two jackets, a couple oh. of hoodies, and that's really about all I need. Yeah, empty closets <laughs> down there. Well, partner, thanks for joining us. Appreciate you taking the time. We started the hour off with Martin Costello and then Josh Strang, uh, some names uh, our listeners obviously are, are are familiar with over the years. But uh, now we're doing uh, joined by uh, a, a fine young man, Evan. You finished the 2018 GNCC season in fifth place overall in the XC2 250 Pro class. Uh, tell us about the season from your part of the seat. I mean, where was it for you? Where would you like to have finished? Yeah, well, um, I guess 2018 was a bit of a learning year for me. It was my first uh, full season in uh, or doing GNC racing. So it was uh, definitely quite a learning curve. Um, I mean, I definitely expected to do a little bit better than I did, but I mean... I learned a lot, and I know what it what it you know what it's going to take to be successful in it now, and hopefully I'll have a good year coming up. What was your background like, Evan? Did you uh, you do the mid south, or, or where what what series did you come out of? Um, mainly Citra and Sorks. Okay. Um, the Citra runs both a enduro and hair scramble series, and I mean, so I raced you know both sides of that for a lot of years and mainly um i guess i guess you'd call me an enduro rider because that's what i've raced the most of and that's what i enjoy the most but i mean you got to mix things up and you know that's that's how i ended up in the gnc series trying to trying to learn how to be a hair scramble rider mm-hmm. I, i'm looking at your results and you you started off with a six you finished 22nd in round two but then the rest of them were all top Top tens, even some top, a lot of top fives. That's that's pretty solid. Um, Something to build on, right? Yeah, I think that's uh, pretty impressive, actually. Yeah, thank you. I've been I've been hunting for that top ten overall. Haven't made it there yet, but I think uh, an Ironman. I was I was thirteenth or twelfth or something like that. So I was definitely getting closer. That was exciting, but you know, I still. Still got to get a little bit faster to get in that top ten. That's uh, that's a hard, a hard one to crack because there's a lot of a lot a lot of fast guys. So having done all the ECCs. all the rounds, what what were your thoughts on snowshoe and and Ironman and you know Florida round, Palatka, all this you know the one you're headed to next weekend. Which ones did you like? Which ones do you think you could leave? Uh, well. um... I guess right off the top of the first one you mentioned, Snowshoe. I actually really enjoy that place. Um, I mean, being from Georgia, we don't we don't have a lot of rocks. We don't have a lot of mountains. You know, not not a lot of anything like that. But I don't know. I, I enjoy riding technical stuff like that. And this year it was super muddy and it rained the whole time up there, and it was about as about as nasty as you could ask for a race. And right. you know, I just loved every minute every every minute of it. Um, I mean, I guess it's just cool to race, you know, some different things from what you're used to, but, uh, I guess going to like Ironman, that was probably my favorite round of the year. Cause that place has, I mean, Velcro dirt and it's just, 
I mean, it's it's rough, it's rough as you can imagine the track being. So it's pretty physical. But as far as the dirt quality and traction goes, it's pretty awesome. And uh, in Florida, I think if you talk to anybody, they'll tell you Florida is definitely the toughest one. Um, it's, I mean, sand whoops for three hours is nothing to nothing to laugh at. And I mean, even though I'm just a state away from Florida, it's never really been my favorite place to ride. So I don't feel like I necessarily have any kind of advantage over anybody else that would go down there. But I mean, I, I guess. I guess I could leave that one. <laughs> and plus, it's early in the season, so everybody's still, you know, if they're not in race shape, they are by the time they leave there. Or at least they're tired and their hands are torn up. You should have should have been there when it was at River Ranch before they went to Palatka. You talk about whoops. They'd have, I actually rode that one. You, what did you yeah. think of that one? Oh, well, that was, I, I guess, what, 2012 was the last time we went there, or 13, or... Something like that, yeah. Know. It's been a while, and I was a lot slower then, and <laughs> a lot, a uh, lot worse shape. So it was pretty terrible to me then. But um, I'm sure it wouldn't be too much better if we raced it now. And the palmetto, the 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 roots, you know, they'll mow palmetto trees down, but they leave the roots. Ugh. And so you're going through these things at speed, and and my hands were torn up the last time I did it. And you're just you're just hanging on, you know, and you're you're probably second, third gear pinned through these things, and they just, you know, my hands, my grips were literally maroon from blood when I got done because of that. Oh, it's awful. I, I I would take Palatka over River Ranch any day. However, I don't care to go to Palatka and race unless I can fly in with a gear bag right. and throw the gear away when I'm done and not have to do anything to the motorcycle. Then I'm in. Otherwise, that's a lot of work after Is that Is there race. anything that you could do? I mean, you know, like bark busters or something like that. Do they make something like that that can withstand? Like what the palmetters off palmetto roots and, and branches? They're, they're just on the ground. It's, just, just, it's I, just so rough. that. But there's nothing you can really do to battle against it, right? Not be a wuss. Okay. I mean, it's kind of like riding through rocks. Yeah. Uh, I mean, they're just they're if you go through the right spot, they're everywhere, and you just hit all of them, and the front ends bouncing around Ugh. everywhere. It, it's 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 kind of like riding rocks, I guess. For two hours, three fun. hours. Well, if Robbie Madison yeah. can ride a perfectly good motorcycle in the ocean and then back out again, we should be able to solve the palmetto problem. Completely comparable, for sure. Well, I'm just That's saying pretty no. much the same thing. Okay. All right. I'm with you. <laughs> That'd be first. Evan Smith is our guest. Yes. Uh, so you're this year, uh, new team. Talk about it. Is it uh, Max Motorsports? Yeah. So um, this year, my primary supporters are. Well, I'm a Husky support rider in the Enduro series and GNC and all that stuff. And then uh, some good friends of mine own a dealership in Alabama uh, called Max Motorsports. They're Husky KTM Suzuki dealer, and I mean they—I've—I've I've known them forever. I rode for their 24-hour teams in the past at the at the 24-hour race they have in Alabama there, and um, I kind of didn't have much uh, to work with coming into this year, so I called those dudes, and they were really helpful, and they put together a great great program for me, and so I'm. I'm kind of on my own as as far as a team goes. I'm not on a team, but 
I mean, I, I put together a bunch of a bunch of sponsors for like a solo effort, and it's a big effort. And I, yeah, I but I got a lot of really good support from some really great companies, and I mean, I, I pulled it all together, and I'm I'm making it work, and I mean, I'm really as happy as I can be. I got everything I need to be successful. That's cool. I've done that race at Perry Mountain a few times. The 24 hours. It's that's a fun one. Oh yeah, that is honestly one of my. It might be my favorite event of the year. Um, really unfortunate there that it's scheduled on top of a GNCC every year. So disappointing. Now that I'm those, yeah, I can't. I can't go there anymore. So that that really sucks. But were you there I'm the year it rained it. and they had to stop in the middle of the race? Yeah, we actually the team I was on. It was the Max Motorsports team. We were uh, I'm, we were leading when they called it, and we started off at you know whatever it was five or six a.m. Wow. Whenever they started again, and and we took off first, and we ended up melting a Stater and a Husky four fifty, and we lost that race about an hour from the end. <laughs> That's fun. Yeah, yeah, you know, great memories. <laughs> something tells me it's a bit sarcastic all right um yeah. let's go before we're out of time completely evan i do want to give you a chance to list off some of those sponsors realizing you probably won't be able to hit them all but we'll give you an opportunity to do your very best so who are the sponsors that uh, are helping you go race okay yeah so like i said husqvarna um max motorsports fxr gear forma boots bell helmets uh g2 ergonomics HBD graphics. I brought IRC uh, tires on this year. They're uh, they're kind of shy in the off road world, but hopefully we can get those those guys back uh, being a big name and some others like SRT, C Concepts, IMS, Pro Circuit Pipe. Um, you know anybody else? Sorry, I forgot to. But hey, you did gave it a good shot. Okay, and you know what? We'll have you back. I very much appreciate you guys having me on. Did a good job, man. Appreciate it, Evan. Hey, be safe out there. Race and race to win, okay? I will. Thank you very much, sir. Y'all have a good one. You betcha. Cooper Webb coming up. Carlin Gardner and Craig Schweinebart. We got some tough ones to pronounce over the next, oh, I don't know, 60 minutes or so. Stick around. Hour number two of the big programs coming up next. Part of the... Wow, part of the Evergreen Podcast Network. This is Pit Pass Model Racing Weekly. Hey everybody, it's Scott Casper from Pit Pass Radio. V-Rubber offers a whole range of performance motocross and off-road tires, starting with the VRM229 for hard pack supercross settings and the VRM300. It's designed for intermediate soil conditions. The most popular tire is the VRM140. It's designed for soft to intermediate environments. All knob tires are available in the most popular motocross and off-road sizes as well. The VRM308R Trials is the perfect choice for real technical conditions, and it's now available in a new four-stroke model for racing or 
recreation riding big four strokes. The newest addition is the V-Line Dual VRM340, a heavy-duty off-road tire that is DOT approved. Most of the tires are available in the new slow rebound tacky compound for extremely technical environments. It's V-Rubber and the tacky tires, the choice of Sherco off-road. Racers say when using a tacky, it's almost like cheating. It's V-Rubber. Radio, America's weekly motorcycle talk show. I got me a date with some of the motocrosses up around the way. Your source for weekly updates on what's happening in the world of motorcycle racing. You know how fast you're going? Industry news, trends, the people involved. I'm Ricky Carmichael. This is Kevin Schwartz. This is Josh Timoth. This is Kelly Smith. This is Travis Latron. This is Jeremy McGrath. And now, Pit Pass Radio. All right, welcome back, everybody. Hour number two of the big program. As we continue, this is Pit Pass Moto Racing Weekly, part of the Evergreen Podcast Network, a great family of podcasts covering a large and varied range. Uh, and we encourage you to check them out. Entertaining shows, we got them. Highly creative and uh, with, with tremendous production value, we got them too. Uh, this program, one of the very first of its kind for them, but we are glad to be a part of the family. Again, it's Evergreen Podcast. Look for them online at evergreenpodcast.com. Hour number one, great guest, Martin Costello, Josh Strang, and Evan Smith. Hour number two, we will light up your life. I had some ideas, and one of them is every shop in the country should be outfitted with lighting that will enable you to see everything, not just some things, but everything. Uh, and so we're going to talk LED lighting, what it means to light your deck, your shop, your basement, whatever, and the right way to do it and the affordable way to do it. We'll talk with Craig Schweinebart from Yellow Blue LED coming up later in this hour. Uh, Carlin Gardner will be joining us, talk a bit about racing. Uh, Carlin's been a professional motocross racer for what? Um, I'm going to say three-plus years qualifying for the 250 West Coast main events. We'll talk to him about that. And we'll also uh, be talking with Cooper Webb here just momentarily. Before we get there, let's take a look at the Supercross Minneapolis round results. We're going to 450 first. Tony, it was Marvin Muskin bringing up the number three in the second place. It was Kenny Roxon And Coop does it. Coop Webb in the number one spot in the 450 Supercross results. Any surprises for you? No, I, I, well, I mean, Cooper Webb is on a roll, it seems, and uh, I think that it's, uh, I think it's pretty exciting for Cooper Webb. Okay. I, I'm, I'm, you know what, I, I, watching Ken Roxon on the podium and watching him race and everything, the, the, uh, the his demeanor is, hey, I'm glad to get out here safe and, and in, you know, in second place he right. has, you know, he's got points lead, that kind of thing, so y- you don't have to win the, the, every single race to win the championship and i think a lot of these guys 
it's been a long time since we've seen this series so close in points it's without tight. having one guy like a Dungy or a Villapoto pull away. Just yeah, just take off with it and mm-hmm. run. And and you know the the old saying, I think Carmichael always said it: the real series starts when they go back east. Well, now we're going to see maybe. Um, but everybody's really tight in points. So. Is this there? And I know they're not doing it intentionally in an attempt to replicate uh, what they did with uh, uh, with what Fell did with with Arena Cross. You know the point reset, but it has kind of become that anyway, right? It's almost like a point reset because what people are doing well out west, they go back east, they don't do as well. It's like a balance. Some people, yeah, I think that could be. You could you could say that, but I but. I mean, I'm the conspiracy theorist guy. So. <laughs> Ken Roxon leads Cooper Webb by one point. So he has 125 points. Webb has 124. Tomac, 123. Marvin, 123. Wow. That's awesome. Then it drops down. Then you've got, you know, Barsha, Reed, Baggett, uh, Seeley, who, Plessinger, and not in that order. Brayton is, uh, you know, close to the top 10. Right. But they're way down compared to those, those top four guys. It's pretty cool, man. I mean, it, it's got to be uh you know there's three different brands in the top four and you know that's good for business i think for supercross on the weekend when most of us are celebrating what valentine's day some of us will be in arlington watching supercross on saturday the 16th of february but before we get there let's take a look at the 250 supercross east results Finishing in third, Cooper, excuse me, Justin Cooper, almost said Justin Cooper Webb. Uh, Jordan Smith in second, and Austin Fortner. Is that a name, as, as, as I'm singing anyway, Tony, is that a name that, um, you know, that really has 450 written all over it in the years to come? Austin Fortner. It'll be interesting. I, it's it's hard for me to picture because he was at my track. It seems like he was just racing yesterday. at my track just you know a couple of years ago. Him and his dad, mm-hmm. you know, in the back of a truck and and on a super mini. And uh, now to see him on TV and and or you know or at the races when we go, um, you know, I think he's got a lot of maturing to do. But he's definitely he's young. It's uh, you know it's I a would, lot of pressure. I would think AC on a four fifty before. Forkner, you know, he's been there a while. Uh, Jimmy Dakotas is apparently going to race 250s forever. Uh, <laughs> and I'm not talking crap, but I just think he's a he's a good 250 rider. I've never seen him ride one. Uh, McElrath, those guys, um, you know, it's – it's uh, yeah, I think the, the hopefully they all find a home in the 450 class. All right, we've got a lot to talk about in this hour. This is Pit Pass Motor Racing Weekly. Scott Casper, Tony Wink in studio. Our producers include Jack and Leanne DeLeon. Leanne, of course, the one that, uh, well, pretty much tells everybody else what to do, and we appreciate that. We will get it done. Uh, Chris Bishop and Tommy Boy Halverson uh, contributing to this week's program, as always. If you missed any part of our number one, you can go back and grab it, listen to it on our app or, of course, at the website. And, uh, we, you know, we hear from so many of you after you do listen, maybe the second time through. We'll, hey, we'll take your emails. We'll take your Facebook posts. No matter how you want to communicate with us, please feel free to do so. Uh, we originally had Cooper Webb to start this hour but we bumped carlin gardner up to take coop's place let's go to our first guest in hour number two carlin gardner carlin how are you i'm good can you hear me all right yeah it's almost just started jack is there anything we do with that i, I know it's hard I, are you I've on got a train a, yeah i've got headphones there you go carlin uh, how are you I'm, I'm wonderful how about you guys well, you sound a little bit better there. We'll keep uh, we'll cut, 
playing with our dials over here. Okay, so thank you, Jack. Um, Carlin, you've been racing how many years now? I've been racing professionally or just racing. I've been racing for about 12 years professionally. This is almost my fourth year total. Um, how did you make the decision to uh, turn pro? Um, honestly, probably it was pretty late. I would say later than normal. Right. Um, probably around 125 uh, when I started going to Loretta's a bit. Um, I, I was racing 125s and two-stroke open. I won a championship in Loretta's, and once once I did that, I kind of made the decision that this was the best thing I was I was at, you know, doing something, um, and I needed to make a, a good bit, good push to uh, continue and be better at it. So that's when I kind of made the decision to I wanted to go professional with it, and I went uh, professional two years after that, and then uh, just been just been trying to progress ever since. Having been uh, doing this for just a few years um, <laughs> as a pro. Um, when oh, I thought you were talking about yourself there for a minute. Okay, yeah. Um, <laughs> there's a lot. Th- th- this used to be the case, and and maybe you can answer this. There's a lot more money in being an amateur than there is a pro. Mm-hmm. Um, I I know that that a lot of a lot of that has dried up, but um, not for everybody. What are your thoughts on that? Uh, I really I really do not know. Um, I know there is a few amateurs that make good money, but I think it's it's. The percentage of the amateurs that make good money is less than the percentage of pros that make good money. Um, I think you know you got to be a really, really unique character to make good money in the amateurs. But in the pros, I think it becomes you know more about work and and who works the hardest. And you can you know even if you're you're twentieth every weekend, you, you're making okay money. Um, you know, not amazing, but at least you can make something at it. But I, I never I never had any good money as an amateur. That's for sure. You're doing four fifty this year, right? Yeah, how's that going? What are you riding? Talk, tell us. Really good. I'm on the Honda 450, uh, okay. 2018. Um, it's going actually really good. I I started the 250s um, in 2017 and 2018 on West Coast, and then I finished last year the Supercross um, series on the 450, and I kind of bonded with that a lot better. So this year, I just wanted to do the full season in the 450 class. Uh, you know, we're talking amongst ourselves here in the studio apparently somebody was listening in um what what is the biggest difference for our at at home players what's the biggest difference between racing west and east um uh, this i think the tracks get broken down a little more on the east coast i think you know the dirt every each weekend the dirt's different uh, that's not like the biggest change but i would say east coast is more 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 ruddier tracks just more brutal and antagonizing, you know, just just technical tracks. You know, I think they just get broken down. You know, it, it takes a smart rider to be able to do 20 minutes, 15 minutes on it consistently and not make too many mistakes um, instead of, you know, West Coast has a couple couple brutal tracks, but I would say East Coast every round is, is really tricky. Less lime, <clears throat> less lime on the East Coast maybe? <laughs> most of the time, yeah, I mean, because most <laughs> of them are – well, now they're not going to use it. They're, they're, uh, I, I was watching the, the broadcast. Prater said he was going to – they sent a $5,000 check to everybody then that, that raced it. Was that, did you get that $5,000 check? Uh, no, I've been in communication with them. I haven't, I haven't accepted anything. Uh, you know, I don't, I don't necessarily want to talk too much about that. But, you know, they, they did call me, and they did, uh, you know, uh, apologize for everything and, you know, I know it wasn't it wasn't necessarily their fault. Well, they didn't purposely do anything. It's just an unfortunate event that happened. Um, but I was 
just trying to handle some other things, and so I've just been in communication with them, but I have not accepted anything. Yeah, yeah, okay. Um, sounds like there's there's more to that, and I and I, I will not push it. But uh, you know, that's a thing with uh, when you're the the organizer, promoter, whatever you want to call it, and they're definitely promoters. Um, you know, to pull off a show like that is tough sometimes. Yeah, it's huge. And uh, San Diego did not look like any fun. I was there. It wasn't fun watching, I'll tell you that. It, even even if I was dry, which I I opted to not wear my um, raincoat that I had in my van, like a <laughs> moron. Uh, but uh, I sat in the... Uh, the uh, the stands and and it just looked like it was a miserable f- evening for all of you guys. Yeah, I mean, I, it wasn't. Uh, uh, to be honest, I like mud races. I I go into those days realizing like that could be a breakthrough night because anything can happen on in mud races. Like, yeah, it's not fun. Like you're wet all day, muddy. It's not you can't race to your true potential, but. As far as like results wise, it gives you an opportunity to I would say get a better result than you normally could because of the chances of so many things going wrong and everything. So I I look forward to mud races because you never you never know the result and like that was my best night I've had ever in Supercross. So so that's why I think when you go into it with a better mindset, your your results going to be better. So that's why I always try to look look you know at the positive sides on on that. But other than the lime part, that wasn't fun. But the results and and uh, the outlook of the whole night was good. As a guy, uh, can a privateer make it in Supercross? I mean, without uh, the support of, of uh, you know a whole team around you, can a can a privateer go racing and and uh, make his way through Supercross? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I, I have no no doubt in that. It's it's not the you know I, I would say the easiest thing to do. I mean, but I like I think. There's very, very few people that have done it. That's why it seems so impossible to most. And, you know, that question comes up quite a bit. But there, it's just, the hardest part is just knowing, like, it takes time. Everyone wants it to happen, you know, in the first or second year of them, of them racing professionally. And that's just not what happens sometimes. You know, you're not, you're not as good as some of the guys. And that's why if you look at, like, guys like Weston Pike, you know, that it was, shoot, I don't know, six, seven years, whatever it may be, before he finally – you know, was a big name guy and being consistent with what he was doing and getting getting good results consistently, and then finally getting some help. It doesn't always just happen right away, and and I think the biggest thing is you just gotta gotta be patient with it. You know, know that your time will come. Keep working hard and just progress every year. Don't rush it. Don't get hurt. Just build your triangle up and, and wait for wait for your time to peak. You know, not just leave thinking you can't ever do it. Thinking talking about Weston Pike. Uh, I knew him uh, in like 2011, 10, 11, 09, 10, 11, and and uh, I was running a team um, out west, and then we did a 450 program with Nick Way and Matt Gerke, Matt Bonney, and uh, a few other guys on 450s, and uh, he they he and his dad were would like track walk. It was uh, you know, and in the pits, it was an opportunity for them to go out and and talk to team guys and say. Hey, we're looking for you know we need some help. We need some help, and uh, I never, I never had a place for Weston. Not because of him or anything. I just didn't. It was it never came together. But I never would have guessed that he would be as successful as he was. He's just a too big of a guy. He or he was. He's not now. 
he's slimmed down a bunch, it looks like. But, you know, I just thought he's he's just kind of a stiff rider on the bike. He isn't now, but he was. You know what I mean? Like, he really came a long ways, and he is the working-class dude that yep. that put it together and finally had a team. You know, he's, he's out injured right now, but um, and maybe never returned, but that is a good testimony of, of what a privateer can do just by putting the work in and, and the time and you're, yeah, it's 2011. Isn't the best story though in racing. I think it is that guy that comes up from Owensboro, Kentucky, or wherever, and and puts his own race together and does well without the support of the big fa- like a big factory team. Right? That's some of the best, for sure. And I think that's what Carlin's saying is is uh, it's uh, it's doable, and it just it's a long road to hoe, isn't it? Sure, but it's a long road to hoe, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it is. That's why I think, you know, like I said, everyone just, just wants it so soon and wants it to happen that night and wants it, you know, right away. And you just, you got to see the bigger picture um, and just, just know. if it, You know, I, there is a time uh, you, you should call it if, you know, you're not seeing progression each year. You're you're not really moving forward at all. You're just burying yourself in expenses and stuff like that. Then, yeah, you know, the smart thing could be. But as long as you're progressing, you're in an okay financial state, You can you can somewhat manage it. Um, and, and keep gaining sponsors and help and exposure, it, it, it'll come. So you just gotta you just gotta be patient with it and, and keep uh, keep trying to work as hard as you can as well, and not just expect it to happen. Okay, so across the disciplines, across the classes, are there uh, is there a handful of guys that start off with you know great privateer uh, assistance? You know, as far as their race efforts go, and could you put Carmichael in that group? Could you put McGrath in no, that group? Could no. you put Stewart in that group? No. Who would you put in the group? Maybe McGrath, but that's that's a, that's a this guy's live live in a different environment than than he did. Uh, um, Who was our guy from Minneapolis that got Target? I mean, that was like an eye opener right there, right? <laughs> Yeah, Dungey though. Yeah, Dungey's a good one. Yeah, I mean, Dungey'd be good. He, but they haunted, you know, our, Roger until he got a, until he got a ride, and and they went racing. But I think that that happened. It didn't happen overnight for him, but it happened pretty quickly. Right. You know. I and think that's all a matter of perception, right? That's true. I remember <laughs> talking to his mom when he was on mini bikes, and you know, and they were spending a lot of money and going, "What are we doing?" and and they just never quit. Next you know? time, next next time we see him, he's shopping at, at Target. He's <laughs> got his own glove. <laughs> Our guest uh, right now, Carlin, and and Carlin. The, let's face it, your first name is not a. I mean, there was George Carlin, right? Yeah, spelled a little different. I think he was I N. Right, but where does the name come from in in your family? Who named you? Are you named after somebody in your family? <laughs> no, I'm not. Um, my dad, my dad named me. He. Uh, he said he just picked up a book of names, and he—he he honestly, I've asked him so many times because <laughs> I've been so so interested myself. But he said he just—he flipped to a page, and he picked. He said he flipped to a couple pages, picked out a couple names on each page, the ones he just landed on, and it so happened to be, you know, I, I don't remember which one it was, but you know, Carlin was one of them, and uh, the definition of Carlin was champion. Oh wow! He, yeah, he said he just found that to be the most unique and eye-opening at the time and he just said that's that's the one <laughs> my buddy has the same last name that you do his name is really? rulin gardner and rulin gardner was an olympic gold medalist in sydney 
in beating uh, Alexander Karelin, the most dominant heavyweight wrestler in the world ever. And and <laughs> Ruse had a death wish. He, he His snowmobile quit on him out in the middle of nowhere in a driving snowstorm, a terrible snowstorm, and he found a place underneath some trees. And guess what? The wolves started circling. Another time, he ran his motorcycle inside of a car, goes flying, cheats death again. He had an airplane he was in going down, cheats death again. That's three times right there. But Maybe he's just not that good. Oh, my God. And if you go out to dinner with him, don't say, I'm buying, because he will literally, literally order the entire menu. How many Loretta's titles does he have? Six. Mm-mm. No, no. How many you got, Carlin? I just got one. Yeah, well, it's one more than me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and and Ruland also would have finished first on America's Biggest Loser if they hadn't cheated. <laughs> really? I'm serious. Yeah, that's a very true story. He All wouldn't right. get along with the producers. All right, Carlin, your opportunity to uh, list off some of those sponsors you would like to recognize, and and uh, you know people are, are doing nice things for you. Yeah, there's there's tons of people that that always do amazing things for me. Um, can't always ever name them all, but first, my dad, um, him and his company, AIM Service Group, have always been my, my biggest supporters and always will be. He has backed me and been fully uh, supportive of my dreams. Um, BWR Engine, LTech, Leo Tidwell Excavating Corporation, SSI Decals, Laser Star, Bolt Motorcycle Hardware. Um, just those are those are huge team sponsors that have kind of majorly gotten me to... Um, to the race this year. Um, but, I mean, if I was to name off all of them, Lucas Oil, Works Connection, Moto C, uh, Mika Metals, Dirt Tricks, Acer Bist, Evans Coolant, DT1 Filters, Recluse, Pro Circuit, Race Tech, Crown Limos 805, J-Bond Insurance. Um, yeah, there's, there's, there's a long list that, that make it happen for me. Well, Bud, you did a great job of the program. We appreciate you joining us. And, of course, Carlin means the champion, right? All right. So your new name, Carlin the Champion Gardener, right here on the very program. Gave it to you. It's yours. Perfect. Thank you. Tell your pop we said hey and tell him thank you, too, for being a great dad. Obviously, uh, recognizing talent and quality in his son when he did. Nice job. Carlin, thank you very much. We'll look forward to uh, catching up with you again, and good luck. I think you got qualifying coming up, right? Uh, no, not really. What, what do you mean? Well, don't you have some? What's in Arlington? Uh, Isn't that February, what is that, 16th? Yeah, this weekend. Okay, all right. Well, good luck there, man. We look forward to seeing the results. How about that? Yeah, thank you very much. I appreciate it. All right, buddy boy. We'll talk to you soon. It is Pit Pass Motor Racing Weekly. Glad you're with us. This portion of our show brought to you by our good friends at WiseCo. WiseCo, performance products. Well, you know what? If a dealer doesn't carry WiseCo, something's wrong. There's something off the track. We need them to uh, carry WiseCo products. They do everything. Forge pistons. Precision forge clutch baskets. Clutch hubs. Crankshafts. Forge connecting rods, valves, and a lot more. If you drive a car, a boat, um, PwC, doesn't matter. Snowmobiles, they got all that stuff, man. One name, one solution, Wiseco. What's up, guys? Drake and Art here. Ben, I ride the 450 class. You're listening to Pit Pass Radio. 
Hey everybody, it's Scott Casper from Pit Pass Radio. V-Rubber offers a whole range of performance motocross and off-road tires, starting with the VRM229 for hard pack supercross settings and the VRM300. It's designed for intermediate soil conditions. The most popular tire is the VRM140. It's designed for soft to intermediate environments. All knob tires are available in the most popular motocross and off-road sizes as well. The VRM308R Trials is the perfect choice for real technical conditions and it's now available in a new force model for racing or recreation riding big four strokes the newest addition is the v-line do-all vrm 340 a heavy duty off-road tire that is dot approved most of the tires are available in the new slow rebound tacky compound for extremely technical environments it's v rubber and the tacky tires the choice of sherco off-road racers say when using a tacky it's almost like cheating it's v rubber No speed limits, no tickets, and no left-turning minivans. Track Addicts Track Days allows you to experience the performance of your sport bike in a safe and fun environment. Track Addicts Track Days offers a variety of programs, ranging from their new rider school to their advanced group sessions for experienced track riders. Get all the details at trackaddicts.com. That's trackaddix.com. Or call Ducati Omaha at 402-408-4400. Learn to ride your sport bike the way it was meant to be ridden with track addicts track days it's a fact the best you've ridden is the best you know until you've ridden race tech suspension you haven't experienced the best suspension possible race tech is the science of suspension for atv and utvs motocross freestyle and stunning off-road supermoto road race sport bikes cruisers touring and vintage bikes as well as adventure riding with gold valve kits to upgrade your stock forks and shocks and our g3s custom series shocks you too can have the Racetech suspension advantage, and it's all made in the USA. For more information about Racetech products and applications, visit our website at Racetech.com. America's Motor Racing Talk Show, Pit Pass Motor Racing Weekly, comes your way each Sunday morning from 8 to 10, right here on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. If you're passionate about riding motorcycles, both off-road and on, check out the full line of Yamaha Dual Sports at Hicklin Power Sports. The Yamaha TW200 features Yamaha's famous reliability, electric start, an ultra-low seat, and comfortable fat tires, making it one of the industry's simplest-to-ride motorcycles. The Yamaha XT250 offers the same ultra-dependable, user-friendly performance, but in a more versatile, powerful, and lighter weight package. And for riders who like to take their fun off-road more than on, there's the high-performance, enduro-derived Yamaha WR250R, featuring long-travel suspension and advanced high-end design. Whatever your budget or riding style. Yamaha has a dual sport model that's right for you. For more, visit YamahaMotorsports.com today. Then visit Hicklin Power Sports and Grimes to see the new 2017 models from Yamaha. The first name in dual sports. Dress properly for your ride with a helmet, eye protection, long sleeves, long pants, gloves, and boots. Do not drink and ride. It's illegal and dangerous. Don't wait another minute for that new dream home you've always wanted. I'm Tony Wink for Jack Daly on Construction. For 66 years, the De Leon family has been building custom homes, existing home remodeling, and adding on for customers across central Iowa. The De Leons will offer you one-on-one -on -one attention that the big builders simply can't. They'll walk you through the process so you'll get the home that you want. Jack works well with your plans or can show you from his library of over 1,200 house plans. He'll make your dreams a reality. Call the De Leons at 515-321-5225. Tell them you heard about them on Pit Pass Radio and receive 5% off the price. Jack De Leon Construction, serving Iowa since 1946. 
This is uh, number 44, Taylor Knapp, and you're listening to Pit Pass Radio. All right, welcome back to the show. Pit Pass Moto Racing Weekly. No matter where you are, perhaps across the country are experiencing weather like we are, some 40-plus mile-hour winds and uh, gusty, and that's blowing snow all around us. So we are in the iHeart studio staying warm and talking motorcycle racing. And, Tony, you just got back from Baja. I did. Had a good time down there. We went and rode. Well, we went and rode in Yuma, Arizona, and then uh, some of my old stomach grounds when I uh, graduated high school, went out there for a winter and, and rode. And uh, we went and hit some. Tra- I had to ask for directions to it. Once I got there, I'm like, "Oh yeah, I know, I know this place." But then we went over to San Diego and watched the Slop Fest to the to the Lime, and uh, that, that wasn't any fun actually. It was probably better on TV. But then uh, we went down and rode in Baja for a week. Had a blast. We we went to San Felipe, Ensenada, San Catin. Went fishing. I'd never cared to go deep sea fishing on a canoe. It was mm. such a small boat, but everything else is really good. Did you get seasick at all? I have a video of me throwing up for like nice. a good 10 solid minutes. Boy, was, that's, a, that's a struggle. Here's the thing, though. Yeah. I'm pretty proud of myself because I went back, I rebounded, and we went riding the rest of the day. Some people, by the way, uh, when you throw up over the side of a boat, they call it chumming. Well, I, I it was so rough that I was oh. I, the waves were about taking my head off, so I finally just used a cup for the rest of the time and just kept dumping it. Now you know so what I, okay. gross. All yeah, right. so I, I'm not as good as fishing is uh, in the Gulf Coast off of uh, in Florida, for gonna, example. I'm going to apologize to you right now, folks, if you're listening on a Sunday morning before church. Oh, yeah, that's right. There you go. You're All right, right, welcome back to the show. This is Pass Motor Racing Weekly. Wink back in his chair, Casper, right here. That's me. And uh, we just had, a, I think, a pretty interesting conversation with uh, Carlin Gardner. Uh, as he will uh, look to uh, compete again on the weekend. Carlin will be at round seven in Arlington, Texas. Arlington, Texas, looking for a main event spot there. So we'll look forward to uh, the results next week, see how he does. All right, next up, uh, we're joined. Tony, you do the intros on this one, would you? Well, this is a guy that I, I think I used to watch him on. And I'll, I'll let him. It's Kenny Yoho, and he's an old pro, and, and I, I think I used to watch him on some videos or whatever, and, and uh, he was putting together, or he has a race series in Florida, and I was down there um, at my dad's house, and, uh, hey, there's a local motocross race, so I went and hit it on my Baja bike, of all bikes, and uh, he and I hit it off. So I, I really like Kenny Yoho. We've had him on the show before. We welcome him back. What's up, Kenny? How you doing, guys? I, I appreciate you guys giving me the time and the opportunity to get on here and uh, speak my piece. It's, Tony. Uh, we got a lot of stuff going on down here in Florida as I'm about to kick off my sixth season wow. of racing. And uh, this year we're going live, so you can tune in on Sundays on our race days and go on nationalsportsbroadcasting.com. Okay. Click on the I4MX link, and uh, you can actually watch local Florida racing on, on Sundays. That's cool, though, right? I mean, that's how you grow. Yeah, that's that's the whole goal. Is uh, we're trying to take a step this year, and and you know uh, take that next next step to getting some more sponsors. And uh, we got some really really good sponsors with Honda Contingency Program, also YZF uh, Pit Bikes. They're a pretty new pit bike company, and they're uh, supplying us like five pit bikes. So a lot of stuff, a lot of fun uh, planning 
you know, this weekend is going to kick off uh, round one. Now, Tony, if you've got time, you've obviously got Rockwell, and they do have Rockwell, Rockwell Time, that is, as one of the sponsors, Extreme Power Sports, et cetera, Family First MX. Uh, how do you, who, who's marketing this for you, Kenny, or is it you? It's, it's basically me from uh, ground up. You know, my dad's on the, on the motocross track for many years, Dade City Raceway. So I learned a lot from my dad growing up, but I eventually branched out on my own and kind of uh, learning learning as I go, as I should say. But, um, you know, with my racing background, I got a lot of good contacts with tracks and sponsors, and so it definitely helps me. Can you can you recap kind of your career? Because I, I was I didn't have my, you know, we're, we're Jack still efforting to get a hold of Cooper Webb, and you and I had, had uh, messaged each other earlier today. And uh, I said, absolutely, I'll get you on. I didn't know it'd be tonight, but or today is if you're listening. Yeah, but I'm I'm stuck. But can you kind of, yeah, recap that? I I started, you know, when I was two years old. So I've been riding my whole life. I'm 42 years old now. So, uh, you know, I raced locally at my dad's track for many years. And then as an amateur, I won, uh, you know, the the Winter Olympics. I've gotten top fives at, at Loretta's, you know, several times. So I definitely did a lot of amateur racing. And then I went into, uh, you know, turn pro at 1993, and um, I made a couple mains and, and then went over to Europe for uh, 99, 2000, and then I got into the freestyle aspect, and then I started touring around doing tricks and stuff. So kind of uh, got into a little bit of everything in the motocross industry. So, so that's I, – I, we raced somewhere along the way. I, you and I talked about this, but where I really learned about you was – in those videos, and I can't remember, was it Moto Triple X or was it Krusty Demons of Dirt, or what was it that you were in? Yeah, we started with uh, Moto Triple X, and uh, and then we went to uh, Krusty Demons of Dirt. So I spent like eight years with Krusty Demons. So I got to uh, tour around and travel the country and see a lot of cool places, and uh, yeah, just just had a good time with Krusty, and, and that really gave me a platform to build uh, with my freestyle team in the States. So... But then uh, one day I got old, and I was like, I can't do this for the rest of my life. So I got to figure out something. So I was like, well, a race series is, is something that I can give back and, and teach teach kids what I've learned the whole the whole way. That's so. cool. What about Fresno Smooth? You didn't make Fresno Smooth, did you? No, I didn't make Fresno Smooth, but my best friend uh, Bubba, you know, Big Bubba from Krusty, he's, oh, yeah. uh, he's He's a big star in that film, so we watch it still to the day, you know. It's funny. we we uh, In my Sprinter van – that one I had down in Florida when I met you, I got it all all fixed up. Now you know we can we we finished it and it's got a couch bed, the whole bit, and hauls nice. bikes and big TV and and uh, my buddy that that drove down with me into Baja a couple of weeks ago and we and we just got back. He's a huge fan of that show of that movie Fresno Smooth. And if anybody is a motocross, and you'd have to like it's almost not even relevant anymore. Like you got like a lot of guys that they. People probably wouldn't even know who they are, but, um, you know, guys our age for sure, you know, I'm 41, so we, we, uh, that's, that's the ultimate movie. But that kid that I was with, one of my best friends, he, he, uh, I turned it on and, uh, he just started laughing. He's like, we watched the whole thing. It's, it's ridiculous. I love that movie. <laughs> <laughs> and Bubba, <laughs> So much. Yeah, a lot of old school, a lot of old school guys. I mean, Mike Medsker, Deegan, all the old school guys are in there. It's just uh, gotta, gotta be old school to know, you know, to to recognize them guys. So, Kenny, how's your race series going? You, um, 
I know that uh, you you go all the way up and down Florida. That's a lot of area to cover. Well, this year we, we've uh, placed it in the two regions, so we kind of expanded. We have a south region and a north region. So the first five races of our series, they're in, in their regions. The second, uh, race six through ten of our series, the regions come together. So that's kind of my uh, plan this year is building two regions, and then we're going to come together and battle it out all the way down to the end. So uh, I'm, yeah. I'm confused, though, because I see part of your season – uh, the south region, okay, then the north region, but you've got overlapping uh, dates and, and I shouldn't say dates, well, but weeks. Well, they come together. Right, right, right. I'm with you on that. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm looking yeah. at these two great posters, by the way. Uh, I think they're a very – it's something that, like Tony, you would do. It's a it's good look. And you've got the dates all spread out. We're looking at um, – let's see. Up next would be what? The FCP, right? Yep, Florida Cycle Park this weekend, and it's our first South Region race. And then the next weekend, we'll be up at Spider MX, our first North Region. So uh, we're gonna we're gonna kick off with these regions, and then the week after Daytona will be our second round, and that'll be a North versus South Region race. And the whole uh, the whole idea is to you know build up the the regions, and then as we come together, try to get these four or five hundred uh, rider races. You know, right now we're around two fifty. And, uh, yeah, that's, this is my scheme to try to get more riders. You know, in 250, there was a time when 250 was like, eh, it's okay, turn up. Nowadays, 250 in motocross at an amateur level is pretty good. Yeah, that's, that's pretty much where we've been for the last five years in this series is, is you know, and, and we just want, I want to break through. I want to try to, you know, get to the next level. So this year we're really going to try to, to push on the nationwide and, uh, you know, do this live racing and try to get more followers and, and just try to get in on. And, you know, that's the reason why I called you today, Tony, is, is this is a great platform to, to get the message out to people, you know. What about the, uh, the the YZF pit bikes? What is that, and what are you going to do with those? Okay, that's a really cool uh, story is the guy's name's Yannick Collin in Factory. That's what YZF stands for, Yannick Collin Factory. And what they are, they're a uh, pit bike out of China, okay? The first thing you think is, you know, a piece of crap. But, uh, you know, this <laughs> No, wait a minute. Actually... <laughs> why, don't, why is that the first thing we think of? Well, you, you know, you, get, you see the China pit bikes, the cheap stuff, and you right. see a lot of them, you know, they're just not very great. I but think a rice. Guy, you know, this guy's done a really good job with his, uh, his brand. And he's, uh, he's got it all in-house in his factory. They custom make all the parts. And uh, I got five of them at my house right now. I've wow. I've been riding them and, and testing them out, but they're really durable, and they have a lot of different models from uh, clutches to no clutches, automatics to uh, small bikes. To, I have a 125, and uh, I'll tell you what, they're, they're a lot of fun. YZF, they're brand new. Check them out. YCF. YC, like an ABC, yep. Okay, like yeah, yeah, I was, I was saying it wrong. Because YZF, I was like, you know, Yamaha might have a problem with that if it's the YZF <laughs> fit bike. But I, I tell you what, we would be happy to participate in the promotion of the product if they sent us a bike to give away. And that's, six or seven. Or seven. I, I think that can, that can uh, that's very possible. Work so it I out. Can, we'll get I you can, some. I can. I definitely can do that for you. What happened to pit bike racing? I mean, it was huge in the mid-2000s, and I dearly miss it i think that's and 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 you know what uh we took the fun away they're expensive now you know you look at a, a honda they're they're going to their pit bikes are fuel injected and they're really stoked about that 
Who cares? The, the, <laughs> if the little kid can, if his parents can't afford to buy him a pit bike, why is that? I just don't get it. I, it's they are, they are completely missing the boat. The the, the Japanese the manufacturers are completely missing the boat on cheap dirt bikes. We have to have entry level dirt bikes that are cheap that people can buy and have fun on. Not have an ego. Not not. It's just it's. It's, what do these bikes cost? They're probably expensive now that they sell all that. They're, no, they're they're two thousand uh, dollars retail. Okay, so, so they're really not that bad. They're about twelve, thirteen hundred dollars uh, cost. But this is what I'm doing this year: is I got five of the bikes. Okay, the the riders they don't ride their pit bikes. They're riding our pit bikes. They're running the our pit bikes, the YZF. And this is my way to get the people on on these pit bikes. So we're going to be doing demos and. Uh, Moto Mom and Moto Dad races yes. on Saturdays. Yes. So uh, we're just trying to get the, you know, the pit bikes back into the community and start showing the people how they can have a lot of fun with them. Tony's a huge fan of Moto Moms. <laughs> <laughs> just watching him run around the track after those kids. <laughs> I, I ride my pit bike. Actually, it saves me a lot of energy. Does it? Uh, that's funny. I, I'd like to do this at my track too. I think it's. I think it's brilliant, and I think that, and you know what? I have seen some really comical crashes with parents, and there's nothing that, that pleases me more than the dad that's out there screaming at his kid right. to go back, and then he gets on this bike, and we can all just torture him, and, wow. and as long as it's in good fun, you know what I mean? Oh, I can't wait. That's, that's the whole thing. I'm going to get them dads. Hey, you show them how it's done. Show them how it's done, boys. It's awesome. <laughs> so how do we watch these races uh, on uh, National Sports Broadcasting? If, yeah, you just go on nationalsportsbroadcasting.com, and then when you go on their website, there's an I4MX link. You'll see our video links, and they're, uh, you, know, you just click on round one, and that you'll see they're, uh, they have all the links through the whole series. So uh, basically, you just go on sports, uh, nationalsportsbroadcasting.com, click on our I4MX link, and also we'll have a link on YouTube as well, Kenny Yoho, 2000, uh, Kenny Yoho I4MX 2019. Cool. What is the or, or, origin, Kenny, of your last name? Um, well, actually, I've, I've followed it back, and it comes from Canada, but I always thought, uh, you know, I was... Uh, uh, Japanese, because when I raced over in Europe, they would say the Japanese American. So uh, I kind of researched it and, and come to find out we're from Canada. You're so. Canadian American. Sure, sure. Okay, so which part of Canada? Not French, obviously. <laughs> the Asian part of Canada. Man, I, honestly, I, I don't know. As uh, I've been to Canada quite a bit, but uh, I, I think Canada is a cool place, but I have no clue where my name comes from. <laughs> well, we're going to give it to you right now. Folks, you can look for them online. Can I give them the website? i4mx.com. That's I4MX. That's website. Yep. That's how you can get a hold of Kenny. Take a look at all the great sponsors. We recognize so many of the brands, and they're behind you 100%. The one logo, of course, that is missing. The Pit yeah. Pass logo. Send me, yeah, if, if, Tony, if you'll just email that over to me, I'll get it up uh, and uh, get you part of the crew. There I we go. I appreciate you guys doing, uh, doing what you do for me. Usually what people do is they just send us a T-shirt and call it even. <laughs> uh, but no, hey, I meant it. If, if you want to do a bike promo to help these guys get some visibility and you in the uh, offing as well, we'll do a one-year bike registration giveaway. How about that? Absolutely. I'll uh, I'll work on that contact, and I'll get that set up for you guys. Sounds good, man. Thank you so much, Kenny. 
Thank you, guys, man. Take it easy. Have a good night. All right, you too, bud. Kenny, and I remember him being on before. I, really, I think it's a fun interview. I really like him. I met yeah. him down in Florida, and, and I, we had, I think we had met before, and we we knew all the same guys, but... Kenny's a cool dude. Why don't? Why did he care for you? I don't get it. I thought you guys would get along. <laughs> Whatever. Okay. Hey, so uh, you know what? We're going to talk lighting. How can you light your shop affordably and keep your costs down to run the lights? Well, we'll tell you more about that coming up next. Yellow, blue, LED. Craig Schwadebart's coming up. Stay tuned. Chris Ulrich, you're listening to Pit Pass Radio. With the tremendous amount of horsepower and torque created by modern dirt bikes, today's racewear must withstand tremendous forces. It must breathe well, be lightweight and protective, yet still durable. Fly Racing created its Evolution 2.0 racewear to fulfill these requirements. Evolution 2.0 features the industry's first BOA closure system race pant designed to provide custom comfort, smooth, even closure, no pressure points, and simple one-handed adjustment. Add to that the Evolution 2.0 Pro advanced ventilation jersey and premium race glove and you have generation next racewear built to withstand the extreme conditions created by the modern dirt bike for more information visit flyracing.com it's much more than a piston company wiseco now offers a full line of quality performance products including forged pistons precision forged clutch baskets and hubs crankshafts camshafts forged connecting rods and valves at wiseco we offer accessories for just about any motorcycle atv snowmobile personal watercraft outboard marine engine or automobile on the market today after 70 years in the business wiseco has established a great reputation as a brand that can be trusted to deliver high quality performance products for power sports enthusiasts and professionals wiseco america's motor racing talk show pit pass motor racing weekly comes your way each sunday morning from 8 to 10 right here on des moines sports station 1460 kxno 1460 kxno if you're passionate about riding motorcycles both off-road and on, check out the full line of Yamaha Dual Sports at Hicklin Power Sports. The Yamaha TW200 features Yamaha's famous reliability, electric start, an ultra-low seat, and comfortable fat tires, making it one of the industry's simplest to ride motorcycles. The Yamaha XT250 offers the same ultra-dependable, user-friendly performance, but in a more versatile, powerful, and lighter weight package. And for riders who like to take their fun off-road more than on, there's the high performance enduro-derived Yamaha WR250R, featuring long travel suspension and advanced high-end design. Whatever your budget or riding style, Yamaha has a dual sport model that's right for you. For more, visit YamahaMotorsports.com today. Then visit Hicklin Power Sports and Grimes to see the new 2017 models from Yamaha, the first name in dual sports. Dress properly for your ride with a helmet, eye protection, long sleeves, long pants, gloves, and boots. Do not drink and ride. It's illegal and dangerous. Time out. Drink Swell Vodka, proudly and carefully distilled and filtered in Iowa. Find Swell Vodka in fine stores, restaurants, and bars near you. Like Swell on Facebook. Hey, this is Jeff Aaron, 10-time trials champion, enduro cross racer, and you're listening to Pit Pass Radio. All right, welcome back to the show. Uh, some of that slow, methodical, penny slot machine type music. Um <laughs> So, can I get another sound roll like, of pennies, please? Sounded like a little. Who was it, Jack? Ice Cube? No, one Ice Cube. It was. Uh, Vanilla I know. Ice? Who you, I know who you're talking about. No, no, the music you just played. Oh, I would have no idea. <laughs> well, uh, Other course, than that, he had it nailed down. Of course not. You played it. It makes perfect sense, <laughs> dude. There's a card here marked bumpers. Oh, Whatever. I have no idea what is on it. 
Well, okay. That's, All right. <laughs> Ron All right. Burgundy will say anything you put on the screen. On Question the mark? <laughs> I'm Ron Burgundy. I am Ron Burgundy. Did you guys get a chance to listen to his first one last week on the iHeartRadio app? No, he's got a new podcast, though. Yes, he does. I was in Mexico. It is. Actually, I've heard three three of the different podcasts, right? And uh, I'm wondering how long he's going to be able to carry that forward as in, in character. You know, I don't know. Is it? It's just radio. It's podcast. It's yeah. not. It's, it's a not podcast. Funny. Yes, I think it's funny. But I'm a huge fan of Anchorman the movie. I am too. I watched it the other day on the on the way back mm. in the van. It was it's awesome. Nine hundred ninety eight. Nine hundred ninety nine. One thousand. Yes. <laughs> You're here for the gun show. <laughs> um, <laughs> welcome back to the show. It is Pit Pass Motor Racing Weekly in studio. Tony Wake, yours truly, Scott Casper. Producers include Jack and Leon DeLeon, the dynamic duo. Our contributors include Christopher Bishop down in uh, Narlands, Louisiana, Tommy Boy Halverson, and uh, what was he in Waukee, Waukee, Iowa, and of course, Eddie Kulenkamp in our advanced North Carolina studios, part of the Evergreen Podcast System. Tony, um, you just literally got back. Was it yesterday you pulled into town? Yeah, we had a little trouble with the van. So, um, Was it a Sprinter van or what is it? It's a Mercedes Sprinter van. Okay. It's, what it's happened? A, it's a three-liter, six-cylinder turbo. Wow. Uh, it's a total slug if, it, if the turbo doesn't work. I had some modifications done to the, uh, the turbo exhaust, eliminated the def and some of that other stuff. And uh, I don't know if that's related or, or what, but <laughs> the, the I mean I had somebody do it, so they obviously know what they're doing. But um, it acted like the uh, the exhaust for the turbo was plugged or something, and it filled the turbo up with 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 uh, oil, and it's um, the thing would barely pull itself. And I wow, I we were in California, and we took the southern route going out, and I said, you want to do we take a ride on the eight, or do you want to go up through San Bernardino and go through Vegas and we were kind of still had the energy at that point, and we thought maybe we'd stop in Vegas. We didn't. Thank God. But, uh, yeah, because it, we ended up not even getting a hotel. It took us, you know, an extra day basically to get home. But got home, and, and the thing's in the shop. I'm going racing next weekend, so hopefully it's done by then. But So you still have the 20 bucks you owe me then if you didn't go to Vegas, right? You know mm, what? What? I, I, I had scratch tickets that I gambled with that money, and they didn't come through. Beg your pardon. <laughs> but... Uh, <laughs> Vegas or uh, Baja was a lot of fun this year because it rained and the my friends in California they were saying th they were talking about going too you know because they live in Escondido and San Diego area and they're like well we'll just we'll just hop down and do it a few days with you or whatever but uh, they thought it was going to be bad it was actually the the best conditions I've ever ridden in Baja you could actually ride like behind each other usually you're a quarter mile behind sucking dust and it's it's awful this time you were you were right behind each other i mean like roosting each other and having fun and we we ended up hitting some single track that i've never seen before never been part of the race course it's just for guys that just want to go down and and have some fun and some of the most epic views of the pacific ocean and i'm not exaggerating it's it was the most pretty thing I've ever seen huge cliffs that were just sitting there. And, you know, if it was in the United States, they'd be million-dollar lots, $2 million lots. Really? They're, and there's just nobody there. And um, the one bike had like three flats one day. He had an issue. And so we were a little nervous. We weren't, you know, we had no food. We, we weren't sure where the fuel stop was, if there was one. Chase truck was long gone. 
So it was kind of an adventure this time. It was it was really fun, and uh, I took some boys from Iowa here that have never been, and I would say about fifty percent of them said they would they will they don't care if they they didn't say they didn't care if they'd come back, but you could just tell they weren't like really stoked on it. But um, just because there was a lot of a lot of elements of unknown, like how's it going to go and then the other half were like we'll never miss this again so i love i love sharing it with people that have never been there well i'm glad you're back i made it back safely you and your uh, travel companion um one of the things that uh, you may not know tony is that i've become interested in uh well the atmosphere in which i work okay and i know there's a lot of uh, bike shops out there still operating with old technology maybe some of you guys and gals at home with a garage that's still kind of dim maybe you got old technology in there in terms of bulbs maybe you got old fluorescent lights and you think that's good enough well let me tell you something there's something better out there. Here to talk about it is the founder of Yellow Blue LED. You can check them out nationwide, yellowblue.com, yellowboottech.com to be exact. He joins us now as a founder, and he joins us. Is he on line three? Let's bring him up. Jack, if we can. Craig Schweinebart. Craig, how are you? Hey, I'm great, Scott. How are you tonight? I'm good. Thank you for joining us. I know you guys have been busy. So many people upgrading to yellow, blue LED. I know our, our big Cadillac dealers uh, here in the in, the, in in this part of the state in Iowa, and I'm talking about, of course, Willis, uh, the Willis Auto Campus recently did interior and exterior both, and what a difference it made. Oh yeah, it was. Uh, it was. Uh, we were we were blessed to have that opportunity. Great campus to light up. It was 24 acres of light. Wow. It was an outdoor Scott, and uh, um, they actually wrote a, a great review for us in our magazine and uh, great articles. You know, it's, it's, uh, it was an awesome experience. I will say this. Uh, if you think it's just about the appearance of your property, that's one thing. But what about the attitude of your employees? Let's bring up that attitude by, you know, putting them in the right light, so to speak. Um, there's a lot of things to consider. But let's say I have a two-and-a-half-car garage, and I've turned it pretty much into a shop now. That's that's. But all I have in there is incandescent bulbs. What can LED do for me and my full experience of being in my own personal shop? Well, you know, I've worked on vehicles and shops, and there's nothing worse than, you know, it, it, where it's dim and you can't see things. And, you know, it goes back to if I'm, if I, if I'm in an environment where it's lit well and I'm working, um, I'm going to be more productive and uh, I'm going to enjoy the, the day better. There's nothing worse than going into a you know, a dark dungeon, you know, even a business, you've walked into businesses before where it's dark, dingy in there. Right. People just work better in that environment. And, um, hey, and by the way, did I mention, it's, it runs less than half to run LED. It costs less than it to run, and it does fluorescent anyway. So you want better light, but you're already, you're already paying for it. Right. You may as well have it. Now, Tony, you and I were talking about this. There are some shops where you can't see what's on the bottom shelf because the light doesn't get down there. There is a number, I've been told, on a uh, on a tube, for example, and it, and it may say, what, 14, 12, whatever that number is, but it's talking about the amount of, of, of space between the bulb and the floor. Okay, so if it's a 14-foot ceiling, you want the right bulbs. How many times have you gone into a big box store, okay, a home improvement type store, 
And nobody ever talks about that. They just let you buy whatever's on sale thinking you're going to be happy. Why not become an expert? Craig, what should people be looking for in LED? Because not all LED under the glass or under the plastic is the same, correct? Yeah, that's right. Um, it's just like any product you would buy. There's different qualities, different grades. Um, you know, uh, if you're a tool guy, I guess I can, you know, you can, you can, you can, you can buy a, a really good tool or you can buy a cheap one. And, but the difference is in the LED lighting is, you know, you get a, a much better light. You get a longer-lasting light. You, know, you might buy a light at a store and think, well, this is a cheap light. And you get it home and a year or two or six months into it, the light goes out. We've yeah. all had that happen. Right. And you wonder, why, why does that happen? That's an LED light. Well, they're not all made the same. I mean, let's face it. It's just the way the world works. And you get what you pay for and you get less than what you pay for many times. So you got to realize that 90% of all LED lights are made in China. And you need to know that you've got something that's quality, that's been vetted, that's not just the the, the last of the run, and that's what you're getting when you box many times. I have a shop that's uh, dimly lit. Uh, we're, we're getting ready to uh, finish it off, and it's just a it's just a place for us to to work on motorcycles dirt bikes and we work out in there and stuff and um you know we were just it's weird it's it's well timed that you're on here because we we literally were talking about that today we were you click on the lights and they're like man your lights are awful in here and i go i know I'm, i'm gonna have to go go buy some but led lights are are a lot cheaper than they used to be aren't they yeah, they are. I mean, they've, they've actually, the, they're, they're not going to get any cheaper. I mean, we've actually seen a little increase in them just with the some tariffs and things, but they're, they're at the low. I mean, you know, it was five, six years ago you could pay, you know, $60 for a light, but now it's $20. And it's not going to go any lower. It's about the bottom of the, you know, it's, it's at the bottom right now. And, and it's a great value. I mean, we're looking you know, like a $200,000 project that's, going to pay for itself in two years wow and then rebates after that with rebates the tax write-off and with your um the savings you're getting on electricity if you don't do it you're going to spend that two hundred thousand and not have the light mm-hmm. so it's kind of become a no-brainer for people and you have to compare apples to apples what i've found too it doesn't matter if it says phillips on it or sylvania or whatever you got to compare the internal uh, parts and technology inside of it, and it's worth it. You may pay eight bucks for a bulb, but I guarantee you're going to get a whole lot less uh, than than you're bargaining for. And that's the sad part. That's the sad part. I know we're going to do this again, Craig, and I'm sorry we caught you a little bit later than than anticipated. But give them the website; people can find out more about you. Hey, just go to yellowblueled.com. Yellowblueled.com. Look for them on Facebook as well, right? That's right. That's how we found you. All right, bud. Well, thank you so much, Craig. Appreciate it. Best to uh, your family, okay? All right. Thank you, guys. There we go. Craig Schwenebart, Yellow Blue LED, bringing a bright new idea for you. You know, if you get rid of those uh, old tube lights, here's another thing. Get rid of the cost related to replacing the ballast. You don't need them anymore. They can direct wire them in, saving you all kinds of money. All right. Appreciate you joining us. Thanks to Martin. Thanks to uh, Josh and Evan, Cooper and Carlin. 
Well, by the way, we will rebook Cooper Webb. For Tony Wank, Ed Camp, The Balance here, Jack and Leanne DeLeon, I'm Scott Casper speaking. Thanks for listening to this edition of Pit Pass. May I have your attention, please? Excuse me. <clears throat> Are you listening to me? Thank you. The preceding was an exclusive presentation of Pit Pass Motor Racing Weekly, a division of Pit Pass Radio LC. Any use of this copyrighted material without the express written consent of Pit Pass Radio LC is strictly prohibited. Hi, listeners. We wanted to take a moment to tell you about another podcast from Evergreen Podcasts and Sound Talent Media called Pit Lane Parlay. Pit Lane Parlay is the go-to podcast for IndyCar and motorsports-related news. Each episode, we discuss things like our favorite drivers, news clips from the last week, and generally giving each other a hard time about predictions we've made in the past and or life stories that have come up recently. We really have a lot of fun with it and really enjoy each other's company, and we hope you can come join us too. Join Pit Lane Parlay by following us on your favorite podcast today.